Tonight on the podcast of Down, TOS Rewatch, we watch the historical method in practice by a master practitioner. It's the Space Seed. Fuck you, Doug. (laughs) Hail, Metal Nation. It is we, Tim, Doug, and Matt, and we are continuing on this episode of Podcast Them Down, our Star Trek TOS Rewatch, Metal Rewatch, where we evaluate the metalness and quality of every episode of Star Trek, the original series. Uh, this this episode is the Space Seed, I, I guess, which sounds like cosmic jizz. And already, I made it so we're going to be demonetized. No, uh, no, you beat me to it because you said, fuck you, Doug. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tim, I would like to just correct... I mean, I, I hate being pedantic, but I would just like to correct you here. It is not our uh star trek the original series uh rewatch it is the star trek rewatch we're gonna watch every episode of star trek media we're just starting of course do you know the when the first series. star trek episode aired uh <laughs> on something something 1966 no oh, no, no, no on oh, podcast oh, uh, it was June. quite early into the, the first yeah. year, and we're at episode one, I don't know, 60-something. <laughs> oh, it's, but it's We're not done with season one of the first series. Well, when I mean... Counting's done, it will all be done. I, and I'm also sorry, if we were in the, 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 the fucking goddamn Kurtzman-verse, this would be two episodes into season three. Uh, I'm sorry that we, we don't have simple 10 episode seasons to watch. This is a real classic 26, 30 episode season. So, so keep here's, your goddamn pants on. Here's a quick metal discussion. I want to have very quick, very quick. Okay. So nowadays 10 episodes seems to count as a season. Okay. Mm-hmm. How many songs or how long counts as an album now? It has to be an hour, right? Like a, a regular LP? So Metallica's 72 seasons is like 77 minutes. It should have been 72 minutes, but yeah, no, you're right. As a rule of thumb, ballpark, it's, I'd say 8 to 12 songs, 40 minutes to an hour. Okay, that's fair. I'd, I'd, bu- buy, that. I'd buy 40 minutes. But it seems like uh, it seems like albums haven't shrunk the way uh, the way TV shows have. Yeah, and uh, well, that's a challenge for me because you know if you got to write an hour's worth of music. That's more songs you got to put on your album, and then just, it costs or- more to make, and then you still don't get uh, paid by Spotify. So, oh, I, uh, but, but, uh, listen to podcast them down on every platform, including Spotify. All right. There we go. All at once. You know, that's actually, um, uh, you know, Tim and I are big fans of the old, uh, defunct radio show and podcast called the Big O and Dukes, uh, podcast. And they had a maneuver. Uh, the maneuver is you, uh, listen to the podcast. Uh, you, you get some drive through, uh, and you take off your shirt and you eat the drive through food shirtless while listening to the Big O and Duke show. And so the, the podcast down maneuver is to get every device you own, stream, play the podcast simultaneously from multiple devices uh, while you're drinking a fancy water uh, and pantsless. 
That's why the cameras stop. Yeah, that's why it's stop right here. Because <laughs> yep. we, we, we're not just the, the the presidents of the podcast and down club. We're also, cl- cl- I don't know, I'm lost. Doug, help us out. What's, what's going on in space? Space seed, go. <laughs> All right. So we open with the Enterprise coming up quickly. And what we learned is a derelict spaceship. Uh, Spock is quite confident it is not an Earth ship. <laughs> And is immediately proven wrong, yes. uh, which Captain <laughs> Kirk takes great pleasure in. Uh, oh, and, they but, identify it as a uh, DT-5000, no, uh, DT-100 class that's been well, left on automatic. This is another weird point because, again, it serves no purpose of the story. But Kirk is like, yeah, that's a DT-500. And Spock's like, no, it's not asshole. It's a DT-100. Like, this is supposed to mean anything to anybody. Oh, and uh, for for new listeners, I am, as usual, watching the episode for the first time while you talk about it. (laughs) Of course. Um, And so we quickly, knowing, I I mean, as we all know, as we can all remember, the DT-100 was uh, one of the premier ships of the 1990s. So they say, well, this is, you know, our records are spotty at best from the 1990s for reasons we all know. Um, Mm -hmm. But they remind us that the eugenics wars, you know, I I feel like what's the point of even prefacing this thing? Because like, uh, if we're alive today, we're lucky enough to have lived through it. Right. Um, But, you know, the eugenics wars happened a strange and violent period in our history. Didn't the Um, eugenics write that song, Sweet Dreams? Uh, no, that's the Eurythmics. <laughs> uh, Do uh, I have a laugh well, on here? This is as close as I have. <laughs> yeah, it was... The eugenics wars were part of the format wars, right? Like, where is it going to come out in CD or, or cassette or laser disc? Uh, <laughs> digital audio tape? Uh, yeah, it's all in there. Um, so they begin the, examining... The format wars were... Yeah. It was a kind of eugenics when you get down to it. Yeah, well, no, I am it, it, watching the remastered one, so the the. Oh uh, yeah, I'm already at the break. So as they pull yeah, up on but, the on the thing, they uh, it's it's a great shot in contrast to <laughs> the other shots. You know, okay, the, uh, you can yeah, see it, Leonard Nimoy's makeup very clearly. And <laughs> okay, so well, there, there's a beauty pass of of the two ships. And they're just very confused why it's out that far. Um, and uh, Spock speculates maybe it's an old Earth ship being used by aliens. A weird thing for Spock to say as he himself is an alien. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, they speculate what's going on. And then fucking McCoy comes up and realizes there's human or there's heartbeats at least. Uh, but they're very faint and very likely to be human. Yeah. Uh, four beats a minute. Maybe they're um, listening so, to Pink Floyd. <laughs> so, so maybe, I mean, they, we don't know what MP3s that was, I mean, CDs they brought with them on the DT 100. Uh, so on, I joke, I wrote in my notes and forgot about, Oh shit. All right. So after bones makes that comment, quip, well, Bones is a plant-like celluloid life form, so he shouldn't be overly judgmental. <laughs> I need a, 
I need to add the the laugh on here. Wait, wait. there we go. Hey. I do have it. So uh, I'm drop in the episode that references right below. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, do a hyperlink <laughs> to understand what Doug's talking about. Uh, it's like pop up podcast him down. Um, and so uh, that's it. They they go on alert. They decide to to figure out what's going on. Um, and that's that's the end of the teaser. And they mentioned oh, Morse code, but never a translation of said Morse code or what it's emitting or why. Uh, maybe they know Morse code. I, I don't know. They know what it sounds like. Yep, in the chamber. Yeah. Let's go. I already swooshed. I'm in here. All right. All right. Oh, so we, we have just... retreated to the chamber to uh, yep. to to rate rate things. <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and start. Um, it wasn't bad. I mean, like, they've set the bar so low in previous episodes, I was pleasantly surprised by how not bad this was. Uh, okay. I do like, I do like, uh, it, it was pretty metal to, like, take pleasure in, in other people being wrong all the time. Okay, that you know, is the arrogance. That's a good point. So I'm going uh, uh, seven and seven. And that's also the score I'm going to give it. <laughs> seven for quality and seven for metal. You know, we should start a podcast and done drinking club where whenever we mention a seven and seven, the people at home, especially if they're driving, should drink a seven and seven. Uh, I, too, am going to give it a seven and seven. Uh, there's lots of good development. There's not so much action. There's some good uh, quippiness. Um, uh, the remastered edition has that nice beauty shot of the uh, of the ship and the Enterprise. I, I, it's not bad. It's It's tantalizing. Yeah, and they, they go to it uh, with shields up, fully armed, which is unusually, that's yeah. almost a detractor that they're responsible. But I'm going to stick with seven and seven. All right. Yeah, they they seem really nervous. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, all they know is that there's a ship floating next to them that's hundreds of years behind them in technology. So, of course, go in ready to fight. <laughs> Right, that at most is being used by it's a derelict human ship being yeah. used by aliens who who have four beat a minute heart rates. <laughs> I mean, what are they going to do? <sighs> All right. All right, back to the con. Hit it, Tim. All right. See, we're being quick, Tim, just like you wanted. Thank you. All right. Now, here's where the brakes are going to fall off. So, uh, <laughs> there is a captain's log. Um, we learned that a full hour has elapsed <laughs> since they saw the strange vessel. Our presence alongside is still being completely ignored. Although our sensors continue to show signs of equipment and life, there are no indications of danger to us. And of course, immediately what Kirk says after recording the log, there has been no indication of danger to us. Weapons department maintained battle stations. All other decks stand by. I don't know. What is what, why? He must have been read the I forget what the last episode was that we where we just watched, but he must have been read the riot act. You know what? You know what? You're right, Doug. This is two episodes from Court Martial. And the last episode oh. was the was the return yeah. of the Archons where Kirk and company did nothing but get jumped and fucked up because they weren't prepared. This okay, this now makes total sense why he's acting like this. He's gun shy. He's literally he's, gun shy. 
is yeah, he's playing it safe, and that opens you up to peril. I yeah. think even more than being cavalier at all times, as we may or may not see. Yeah. So uh, they've been able to scan. Uh, they 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 can tell that there's like sixty or seventy bodies. Uh, McCoy has no idea uh, if they're human, uh, if they're aliens. Nobody knows. Uh, Spock has read. I guess he went out to a window and read the name on the side of the ship. Uh, it's the U.S. Botany Bay. Uh, they check the registry. There is no SS Botany Bay, but of course, as we all know. Um, after Woodstock 99, uh, there were no records uh, kept for many years. Uh, so, you know, who, kn- who knows D- what happens? Dumb ship name, but uh, uh, Botany Bay is in Australia, isn't it? It's in Australia, yeah. But actually, it's a very telling ship name, which, which we need to talk about because why would they name their ship that? But anyway, uh, um, so is the name in any way deterministic to some of the thought that happens in this episode? This yeah. sure seems to be. Yeah, it's just very okay. So, um, all right, they talk about the eugenics wars, um, which I don't know about you, Doug. I think we can just refer our audience to the many sabaton songs about the various battles of the eugenics wars. We don't need to get into, you know, the sides. <laughs> what happened because again we know it and we lived through it mm-hmm. 20 20 30 years ago right we were just kids <laughs> just yeah kids. and when it started to happen i remember when i said here comes the rain again sorry I remember i was so nervous i felt like i was walking on broken glass <laughs> Okay. And Spock is nice and snippy here. Not that Vulcan doesn't have its own history that he's conveniently ignoring, but your last so-called World War. I mean, I watched that those episodes Enterprise. I know that was worse than any goddamn eugenics war I ever saw. Um, so, So they decide that this is just so weird. They decide that they need to go over there. Um, but they also decide that they need a historian um, because they're dealing with a historical thing. Um, so, so, so they go, they go find Lieutenant uh, McGivers, MacGyvers. All right, they have no problem remembering anyone's name, but this chick, and for some reason, no one can get her name right. And it seems to be intentional. <laughs> I think Command, it probably is, but I think Command also read the Kirk the Riot Act for getting too close to his staff, and he's overcompensating yeah. here. Because remember, he didn't remember people's names in Return of the Archons either. That's he's true. like, go that over is- there with that one. He's really shaken up from the court martial thing. That, hey, if he, Doug, in court martial, one of his best friends betrayed him. Clearly, he's learned if you don't make human connections, you can never be betrayed. Um, so uh, we go to Mac- MacGyver, MacGyver's uh, quarters, and we immediately see a bunch of red flags. Uh, she's the historian, apparently uh, an expert on late 20th century Earth, and yet her quarters are filled with 
Roman artifacts. Uh, I believe there's a picture of Napoleon in there. Um, the only time period that doesn't seem to be covered whatsoever <laughs> is the 20th century. Like, there's no uh, Pearl Jam poster. <laughs> like, there's no picture of Dana Carvey uh, on Saturday Night Live. Um, there's no, uh, you know, picture of George H.W. Bush and Ross Perot debating. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's not the quarters of a 20th century expert at all. That's an immediate red flag. Um, she seems to have a thing for manly men. Yeah. I think we pick up on pretty quickly. I, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead, but I think she definitely, um, through the Starfleet archives has read a bunch of trad wife Tumblr posts. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, she knows what she likes, and and the twenty third century ain't it. Um, but, but we'll get to that too. Um, so they go over to the ship. Uh, can't believe we've been doing all this just to get over the ship. They get over the ship um, again. Uh, I don't need to describe it to you. It's very clear um, what it is. We've all seen these ships before. Um, it has atomic power. It has transistors. Uh, Kirk wants to tear this baby apart. Um, <laughs> Lieutenant McGivers seeing a fucking room full of frozen people surmises it might be a sleeper ship. <laughs> like, we all know, Marla. <laughs> we well, all and, know. And Scotty is in perfect form here because... <laughs> Kirk asks for his opinion, and he's like, beats me what's happening. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what the fuck? So, apparently, um, by beaming on or being awake, or, or somehow they've triggered something on the ship, and there's a, a, a handsome gentleman with dark hair, and his heartbeat starts uh, increasing. Um, McCoy... Uh, is concerned um, because he's waking up. Um, and uh, they, they're trying to figure out who this is. Um, Kirk uh, suggests, like, maybe this is the leader. Um, and they're like, yeah, <laughs> I'm totally making it up. She was like, yeah, uh, the leader was often revived first. Um, that would help them decide if they should continue. Um, okay, now... <laughs> there's a part of this that just really troubles me. Okay. It's Ricardo Montalban is the guy, right? Ricardo Montalban, <clears throat> a very famous actor from Mexico. On, Matt, you're, you're not about to call them out on race wine casting. Oh, this uh, show was... 60 years ahead of its time okay, in doing okay, clearly. Okay. okay I so I think, I, uh, if you were watching closely, you could watch me cringe when I got to that part. I I'm think right, I did. I'm see done you. with the act, by the way. So, uh, so she looks at Ricardo Montalban, who I believe actually Doug is very ethnically ambiguous, especially when he's lying in his uh, silky frilly uh, lace thing. Um, but she said <laughs> he looks like he's from Northern India, probably a Sikh. And right, I'm even just like, bodies, none of the sick uh, yeah. signifiers have said, yes, okay. 
I mean, I, there's nothing about him that looks sick in any way, uh, except he's like a human, I, I, I guess. I mean, most sicks that I know of are human, but, but beyond that, uh, yeah, so that happens. Uh, and uh, there's there's a malfunction. There's a bunch of dust. Uh, and the, the life uh, signs begin to drop. Um, they don't know what to do. Kirk. Uh, Scotty. Yeah, Scotty. Says, It'll take an hour to figure out. <laughs> Again, unhelpful. This man is dying uh, in seconds, apparently. So that's a very unhelpful hour, Mr. Scott. Um, so they, they, <laughs> they break into the compartment. He couldn't wait sure to tear it apart. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. that's true. Um, that he he, he kind of slides out. But yeah, but uh, he didn't need to because he smashes the glass and then then opens the, yeah, the flap he, he, and then it, he it slides it, out. Then figures out how to open it. Yeah, um, uh, he didn't again, try opening the 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 door first. He just smashed the window. Okay. Tim, they can't stop to explain absolutely everything to right, us. Right. Also, remember, Kirk uh, McCoy has just said he will die in seconds, <laughs> and uh, th- then he's uh, uh, the the person, the gentleman, who, whomever he, the sick gentleman, um, <laughs> says, uh, "How long?" Uh, and 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 twelve uh, inches. Kirk immediately understands he's asking how long he's been sleeping and he gives him critical information that he's been sleeping for 200 years and then and only then do they bother calling um, to beam them up. Now, I'm no doctor. I'm not an EMT. But if someone had seconds to live and you need to open the thing, wouldn't you say, hey, we're going to open the fucking door. Get ready. And and why why can't they just beam him out of the glass? I mean, they can beam through the ship. It's 20th century technology. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, uh. it, yeah. it might, you know, given the fragile condition of them, and up because we know they'll beam in exactly the pose. Oh, uh, that's, that, oh, yeah. right, yeah, because <laughs> because yeah, whatever, wherever you want. So maybe he'll. He, he has to stand up where they can't beam him out. It's it's the twenty third. You know that's right, Doug. It's the twenty third century. There's no like attitude control. Uh, all right, and that's uh, that's the act. I wonder who this gentleman is. It's Ricardo Maltobam. Well, yeah, we we know that, but, but they so, don't. So Matt, what bridge? So uh, uh, Marla notes that. The sleep cells were necessary uh, Uh in space travel until about the year 2018. Right. Uh, When first contact was when? So first, uh, I believe first contact was in the 2060s. Yeah, that sounds right. And we also know uh, from the second season of Picard uh, that the Europa mission... uh, is is just making it to you know I, I I honestly think that a lot of technology must have been lost um, in between the the world wars and so we can't we have to kind of forgive um, Marla McGivers here for her um, understanding of history 
Um, I think what's going on is, okay, here's what we know. We know that in 1996, because uh, Voyager goes to 1996, it's pretty much like our world. Uh, we know that 2024, uh, according to the Gabriel Bell episode uh, with uh, Deep Space Nine, was, was kind of like our world. We know also that uh, 2023, uh, from the second season of Picard, uh, although that might have been a parallel universe. Anyway, um, it, it seems that the eugenics wars may have, um, you know, been dislocated in different parts of the planet. Uh, and maybe, uh, you know, I'm sure by the time of the post-atomic horror, um, all that stuff is just mished and mashed up. Yeah, and it's probably top secret, so the yeah. record keeping all that. Okay, like, definitely. Yeah, so I mean, I, 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 I will. You know, it, it's hard to do research in this time period, as we remember. So you know, I, I, I think a few decades off are fine. Like, I, you know, I couldn't tell you when, uh, when the some sailing technology was invented. And if I said it was 1840 and it was 1850, I feel like that's close enough. It was 200 years ago, you know? Yeah, this is, might be a psychological component to her answer, too. Yeah, um, I mean, because she's also, uh, she's also uh, head over heels in love uh, uh, with this uh, northern Indian gentleman. Uh, uh, Tim, Tim, Tim. Tim? Right, are we, oh, are Tim, you done? We're, we're done? We're coming into the chamber now. I, back up us. I pressed the button like quite a while ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. We stayed in the bridge. Yeah, I'm we're, sorry. In the, we're in the antechamber. I don't know. I just don't care. So uh, and nothing, nothing metal happened either. So I'm going to go three and three. Three and three? Oh, that's a big downgrade. Um, I think uh, I'm going to give it a... a, a there are some metal instances. There's breaking the glass uh, unnecessarily and then figuring out how it works. There's uh, remaining at a constant battle alert um, for no good reason. Um, there's uh, um, uh, some snap ethnic judgments. So I'm going to give it a, a, a five here. Um, I think quality-wise, it's a six. It's building some suspense. You know, it doesn't need to be like rousing action. There's a mystery here. Um who is this man? Who are these people? What's going on? What's the deal with Marla McGivers, MacGyvers? Um, I, th I think it's developing, you know, nicely. Yeah, I concur. The pace was appropriate. I'll also go five and six. All right. Away we go. All right. All right. Okay. okay. Now, if uh, so, we go ahead, Matt. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. All right. So we open with um, uh, yeah, Captain's Log. They've been alongside Botany Bay for 10 hours. The boarding party's still there, completing examination. And then uh, we open to the the gang over the mysterious stranger. Yeah. Uh, and they're not going to revive anyone else until they see that this succeeds or fails. Yeah, I, I think this is uncharacteristically cautious of them. Um, I think 
They, you know, if this was a pre-court martial Captain Kirk, he would just say, shut them all down and wake all these people up. Um, but now, again, he's been affected. So they're waiting to see if this gentleman survives before they proceed. Um, we've learned that 12 of these people are, uh, have passed away, uh, meaning that there's 72 left, and 30 of them are ladies. Um, the Siati does not specify whether this is biological, gender, or... He, d- he does not. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think it's the 23rd century, so, you know, they figured, I, I, it all out. They figured that all out by now. Um, so they're uh, sort of fascinated. They really want to um, learn about the 1990s, especially because it's such an unknown period of time. Uh, Spock finds it necessary here to throw in some shade um, and just trash Earth again. Which I would like to point out, his mom is from Earth, you piece of shit. You're trashing your mom, too. Um, And uh, they talk about how the Botany Bay was the name of a penal colony in Australia um, and how that's a strange name for a ship. We know that Kirk is an expert on penal colonies. Yep, that's true. <laughs> oh, that that is very true. We know that. Um, so he's, of course, interested. And I think there's a good example. I don't follow C. It's not this. This is like Kirk is stuck on a decision path. Yeah. And I don't think he knows it yet. Yeah. I, yeah. There's, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, in this episode, I think, there's there's a lot of you only have one trajectory and you and you're forced to be on that trajectory whether you choose it or not. Uh, they debate whether these are prisoners, uh, but it's too advanced of a ship to be just for prisoners. It's it's very much of a puzzle. No one knows uh, why they're there, uh, and they decide to rig the ship for towing, and they're gonna go to Starbase Twelve to figure all this shit out. Um, and then in sick bay. Uh, they have uh, decided to dress Khan in his sexiest vest and open up his shirt as wide as possible. Um, and uh, he's recovering. And he is... He has hell of a heart valve action. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, his, his, he's, he's not just healthy, but he's great. His heart valves are amazing. His lungs are efficient. There is something um, inside this man that refuses to accept death. <laughs> that's a pretty good metal lyric there. It is. Um, uh, I'm sure that's an Iron Maiden lyric somewhere. Uh, so uh, he... Um, nope, not at all. No, nope. not at all. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> Happy Iron Maiden. Uh, or... Iron Juden, depending on when this is uh, happening. Who knows? Uh, so, who knows? Um, so, uh, of course, uh, they bring down Marla McGivers uh, because why not uh, problematize a recovering uh, patient? Um, she's very enthralled with him. Uh, she's uh, talking to him. But then there's a weird Kirk Marla interaction that I don't really understand. Yeah, it's like this was not like Kirk's not necessarily wrong, but this really there was no precipitating incident yeah. here. It, uh, it's, but it's like uh, the, the the passenger is awake, 
And she has already been acknowledged as the expert on this period of history. And so it seems like they would need her to interact with him. And it would be, it's a weird time to give her her performance review. Um, just in the middle of sickbay. It's just like, uh, what? It just doesn't, doesn't make sense. Um, it, it's like so weird to McC- like McCoy doesn't even identify this as what it is, which is a performance evaluation. This yeah. is management. This guy uh, looks like uh, Gene Simmons now, by the way. Oh, he, yeah, yeah. We should point out that he does look like Gene Simmons. And I know you can't hear it, but he kind of talks like Gene Simmons. Oh, no. I mean, a Mexican Gene Simmons, but, but nonetheless, uh, Gene Simmons. Um, uh, okay, so. Oh, 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 I gotta dwell on. Okay, all right, okay. so. Uh, Lieutenant, the safety of this vessel might depend upon your performance. The fact that you find a man strangely compelling to you personally, and that she says, not personally, Captain, my profession is historian. Yep. And when I find a specimen from the past alive, I'm in the sheer delight of examining his mind. That 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 so, is what they trained me to do as a historian, uh, for sure. And uh, so do you think there's been a paradigm shift in historiography in the 23rd century? Are we more often finding the subjects alive and it's more of yeah. a... Well, I mean, ethnography. I mean, it's a two-step process. So they say, like, when you get, become a historian, they say, step one, check if anyone's alive. And if they are, uh, go be dazzled by them. But if not, you have to read some crummy old documents. Uh, but we always look around. We always say, hello. Uh, you know, uh, and we're usually not so lucky. But here, she's fulfilling the historian's creed of uh, being, um, you know... Uh, I guess unprofessionally blown away by a person from the past. You know, if, if some 19th century person was here, I might be smitten. Uh, I, I, it's probably the discipline of anthropology just went away. Yeah. Oh, know. yeah, that's true. I mean, all kinds of quackery left when people stopped uh, having <laughs> monetary careers. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, so they talk about her. Um, uh, then she like gets all goo-goo-eyed around him, uh, and Kirk says, "Get out of here!" <sighs> all right, this is just weird. Um, Khan wakes up. Uh, uh, this is this is where he does the completely rational, yeah. normal, and fully thought out uh, like yeah. yoga or tai chi thing. Yep. Yep, so he's like kind of getting up. Um, he looks at the instruments. Uh, he takes a scalpel, gets back into bed, and then immediately just grabs McCoy and puts the, the knife up to his throat. Um, and I guess he asks where he is, what's going on. Uh, definitely not hot immediately trying to take a hostage. Um, and so there's a little bit of a, a, a kerfuffle. Uh, he demands to see the captain. And finally, we have our first meeting uh, between the patient and Captain Kirk. You glossed over the most metal part. When, what, he's being, when McCoy's being choked and threatened with the knife, he said, either, kill me, either choke me or stab me. And then he okay. instructed him the best way to kill him. 
Okay, no, no, that is a good point. He did, he did do that, um, which reminded me of of later when the Borg just decide to kill people when when they're under the uh, command of Lore. Uh, he says some similar things, um, but uh, uh, yeah. So okay, they they do that, um, and now they have this Kirk's Mister Guy interaction, um, and. Uh, they he just tries to figure out what's going on. Khan's um, yeah, kind of a dick, and Kirk gets uh-huh. played here. Khan uh-huh. just does. Uh, I asked. Uh, he doesn't say his name, and then Kirk just spills everything and <laughs> yeah. thinks it might not matter to him. Uh, and, and then, uh, yeah, he tells him all the details, and then Khan gives him his first name. Yeah. He says, my name is Khan. Um, and uh, I guess they uh, were like, okay, cool. Um, thanks for trying to take the doctor hostage. Be on your best behavior. We're all leaving. <laughs> and uh, they leave Khan alone with McCoy again. Um, but he very soon, uh, I guess, gets up and decides to walk around. <laughs> Uh, well, one critical detail, Kirk, um, uh, Khan asks for technical information since he, he has does. a lot of catching up to do. And Kirk, I think, just wants to kind of flippantly show off. Is like, here you go. It's on uh, that screen. You know, I didn't take that as a move of braggadocio, but I like that reading of it. It's like, yeah, here's the fucking technical manual. Go crazy. Yeah. Stupid, <laughs> stupid idiot. You don't even know what a dilithium crystal is. Um, okay, so Kirk and Spock then talk about this Mr. Khan, um, and Spock is a little concerned that he's reading so much of the technical library, um, and, uh, Spock is like, well, I think he's a eugen, like, uh, a, a, a Superman, um, Kirk is, is, uh, willfully arrogant and ignorant, he was like, those assholes lost the war, they're no good, uh, um, and uh, uh, Spock says that's because they were too ambitious. Um, and and Kirk is weirdly intrigued. Uh, sounds uh, like a strange reaction when thinking about super Hitlers, but okay. Um, and so they just uh, let him let him do. They have some easy talks. <sighs> All right. I, Spock, I, I, both Spock and Kirk are very familiar with the the history of this relatively yeah. short period of the yeah. last 400 years i i can't even talk about the banquet doug you're gonna have to <laughs> you're gonna have to start this off for me so they decide to throw him a a, a meal i guess well first uh, we don't we first get the scene where marla visits no that's Cotton. that's that's after dinner no it's oh, not it's right after now dinner. before dinner huh it's right now before dinner. It's I'm right now it. before dinner? I'm watching it. They haven't oh, had okay. dinner yet. Okay. All right. So we, back to, we cut to sick bay after Spock and Kirk on the bridge. Uh, Marwa comes in, introduces herself as, uh, to Khan. Um, he says, I am told you participated in my rebirth. Oh. Uh, and uh, then Khan starts some fairly uh, aggressive seduction, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, welcomed. 
Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, he starts uh, 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 playing with her hair, and then yep. shows her how to do her hair correctly. Yep. And then demands compliance to this uh, from now forward. But remember, Doug, she has a scientific interest in men, so it's okay. Um, the world of the past, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so then now, okay, Tim has thankfully corrected us. Now they're like getting ready for dinner. Um, and McCoy is like, why are we giving him like all this grub? And whose idea of it? A fucking Marla McGivers. It's like, why don't we just have a welcome ceremony? Uh, welcome to the 23rd century. And everyone was, I guess, like, okay. So they do. Now, finally, we go to Marla McGivers' quarters. And Khan uh, shows up. Um, and well, it, it should be noted that nobody's concerned about what might be going on because there's no regulation against romance. Oh, that's true. Oh, very good. Very good. Very good point. Although I believe in a previous episode, there was very clearly a regulation against romance because that's his yeoman. But anyway, uh, so... <laughs> So, um, she, they're looking at all of the shit in Marla McGiver's, uh, room. Uh, he looks at, uh, gladiators. Um, Khan likes that he rearranged, uh, she rearranged her hair and she like gussied herself up. Um, these are some people she admires. Richard, I guess Richard the Lionheart, maybe, uh, Leif Erickson, Napoleon, um, and then we see that she is painting a new picture. <sighs> What's the picture? It's a picture of Khan in a turban for some reason. Um, and, uh, we've never seen him wear a turban, but apparently in, in, uh, her mind's eye, she does. And Khan is very flattered and honored um, and tells her that such men dare to take what they want, and they have a smooch. Uh, then we cut to the dinner in the middle of it uh, happening, um, and uh, Kirk asks Khan questions about his past. Uh, it is noted the military language he uses. Uh, Spock references the war and tyranny that happened, which Khan does not recognize as a, a term describing the wars he participated in, it would appear. Um, uh, Khan speaks of uh, the attempt to unify humanity, which Spock uh, sounds like animals under one whip to him. Uh, at this point, actually, the, uh, that comment triggers Khan's memory to remember what we're talking about here in the first place. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, and he offers an alternative narrative of this being a, a time of dreams, of great yeah. aspiration. I mean, it's okay. He's sleepy. Uh, he's not in charge of his faculties. This is probably his first time drinking Synthale. Um, and so they um, finish dinner, and they go back to Khan's quarters now, and... Uh, a pick-me, uh, Marla McGiver shows up, and says, hey, I'm here. Uh, I want to apologize for my asshole friends. <laughs> and um, they, uh, again, do some smooching. Um, 
and uh, they basically make out, and um, he kind of seduces her and convinces her um, to do what he says. Right. It's kind of a um, yeah. It's kind of masochistic. Yeah. S and M. This is very Fifty Shades. But he also straight up says, like, yeah, I'm going to mutiny the ship. And she's like, okay, I'll help, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, he has all sorts of power moves by asking her, uh, but to open her heart. Yeah, anyway, it's, uh, it's something. Yep. 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 Okay, that's the end of the act. Tedious. Boring. Tedious. Slowing, slow. But what about all the smooching? Yeah, Tim, think about uh, that. Think cre- about man of war. Creepy. <laughs> okay, all right. There was only well, one metal exciting thing that happened in that whole thing, so I'm gonna go two for quality painting? and four for metal. Oh wow. Uh, What's the metal uh, thing? The open the, the instructing him how to kill him. How to yeah. kill? He's like, you need to sever my carotid artery below my left ear. Okay, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty metal. Uh, it is a little tedious. Uh, they do do a lot of talking, um, but I like the delicate dance of seduction. Well, it's not so delicate, but I like the. The, the clumsy dance of the seduction. Technicolor, uh, broad technicolor display yeah, of seduction. I like, I like everyone's total disregard for their jobs, except McCoy. I mean, I like how he's on point and how everyone else is fucking up. Uh, I will give us a four quality and a five metal. Um, I do like Tim, like the cut my fucking uh, neck open. Um, but, you know, I, I, the, the painting's pretty metal. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think everything in here works. It's just, it's not a, they should have split this act and easily could have. Or even just sped it up. I mean, I think they need to get on with it. Yeah, we Um, we didn't need two scenes in Khan's quarters, two scenes in the dining hall, and then plus a bridge and a sickbay scene. Yeah, okay, so that's, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, they could have cut to the chase you're right but i think all the um not entirely negative discussions of tyrants and authoritarian leadership was metal like it or not uh i won't even touch the s&m stuff uh it's a five and five actually five and five all right and we didn't really capture it, but the the uh, way they draw out Khan into the trick um, to admit he was yeah. not kicked off the he didn't leave the planet voluntarily. That, that, he that believed in nice. the unifying power of one individual. But I feel like they just kind of blundered into that rather than actually coyly did it. Um, but yeah, sure, I, I did like that. Open the door. All right, I was suffocating in there. All right. Um, so now apparently someone turned on the Google machine and just Googled Khan Eugenics Wars and found out he was the last of the fucking genetically engineered tyrants to be overthrown. Something that I think Marla MacGyver's must have known 
and is just like totally in, like she's either a horrible historian, uh, you know, like the equivalent of like Nahulian, right? Or she's like uh, purposely being coy. I like to think that that she is like uh, a secret eugenicist sympathizer. Uh, like she's an augment sympathizer. Uh, she's probably, it's going to find out, uh, be like distantly related to the uh, Noonien Sung family. Um, so I, that's how I think. I think she's playing the whole enterprise here. It um, seems like the the practice of history is much more emotional and experiential than what it aims to be now, at least. So uh, we learned that he was the ruler of Asia and the Middle East, a quarter of the earth from 1992 to 1996. Um Scott admits he's a crypto fascist and says, I always had a sneaking admiration for this one, which is worrisome. One, because did Scotty know who it was the whole time? He was just at dinner. Like, are they not putting the pieces together? It's like, oh, I'm Mr. Hitler. And they're like, wait, Adolf Hitler? I mean, it just seems very, very naive of them uh, to yeah, not. And it's Kirk. Piles on and and doubles down on on Khan and the whole concept of authoritarian leadership. Yep. Uh, Spock is aghast at all of this. And uh, Kirk's like, "Yeah, we have a streak of barbarism. It's appalling, but it's there." Huh? It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. If you don't like it, go flick yourself, Mister Vulcan. Uh, yeah, then but- Scotty's back to there are no massacres under his rule. Oh my God! The trains ran on time. Um, and McCoy, no wars until he was attacked. Oh my God! They're all just ah. Uh, but even despite their uh, love of um, fascistic rule, they do decide it's prudent to double his guard uh, and put him on twenty-four hour supervision. Um, so they do that. Um, <laughs> all right. This is now we go to Quan's quarters. And we have another one of these weird instances where someone just decides to wear a uniform. Um, so, I, again, I don't know. I, he's just wearing a... And of all shirts, he's wearing a red shirt. So he didn't read the technical manual very well. Or maybe it's like a political move. Or maybe he's colorblind. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's not such a super fan after all. Uh, but Kirk comes to visit him. Um, and they reveal that they know who he is. Um, it's unclear. It seems like he escaped, um, because he says he left for a new life, a chance to build a new world. Maybe there was some kind of negotiation. Um, but nonetheless, he, he admits to who he is. Um, and, uh, Kirk interrogates him a bit and then leaves and then he knocks the fuck out of the guard, and Khan is loose. Loose, I tell you. Loose. Then he, uh... You're supposed to... <gasps> that was the cue for the... <gasps> okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, well, and I think uh, there was some good a mile away. here. Uh, Khan is quite concerned about the lack of of human improvement. Uh, Human evolution has stopped. Uh, He wouldn't be the first person to make that argument. Uh, 
and uh, it, it's very concerning to him. Yeah. So uh, uh, and th- he does a, his breathing exercise. Yeah, oh, he does he has to, Tai Chi. He summon. Yeah, he like summons up his. He's like uh, powering up or something uh, before he knocks out the guard. <laughs> um, uh, meanwhile, Marla is uh, holding the security chief hostage in the transporter room. Um, and even though he's already kind of like being held hostage, God decides to just karate chop him into the back of the neck uh, for good measure. Uh, hopefully Marla knows how to operate the transporter. Uh, but I guess she does um, because now uh, a bunch of new people have woken up. And Khan is welcoming his buddies Otto and Joaquin, and they're ready to fight. There's a whole universe to win. And um, they're all doing the same Tai Chi. Yeah, like because they're they're they you gotta be limber. You don't want to be cramping up when you're uh, conquering the universe. Um and so finally, again, uh the bridge crew finds out that Khan's escaped. Um, and there's all kinds of chaos, uh, because the turbo lift doesn't work. Um, the atmospheric controls are cut off and there is now craziness going on on the ship. It is chaos. And, uh, they, we cut to engineering. Mm Mm-hmm. Because there's an uh, override in engineering, I believe. And uh, Scotty, we, we see the uh, um, the eugenic soldiers in there surrounding Federation officers. Scotty answers Kirk and then gets immediately knocked out. Khan speaks to Kirk and informs him that the ship is mine. He shut off the life support to the bridge and jammed up all the exit routes. But he is willing to negotiate. Um Kirk knows about the Enterprise's intruder control system and orders all the decks flooded with neural gas. Uh, but Spock says it's inoperative. Mr. Khan was very thorough in her study of tech manuals. No, um, he's, he's jammed all the transmissions. Uh, the Enterprise is his. Uh, he just has to kill off the people on the bridge, and it will be a very quick ride to conquer the universe. And he shuts off the air supply. Mm-hmm. And is this? Do we get set into act? That's yes. the end of the act. See, see, Mister Complainy, everything's too talky. Got a got a nice action yeah, act. Now he's not even finished for us. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it ended. It ended right at the same time. The nice. last oh, act okay. didn't well. end until you started started talking about the next act. Oh my God, that's so I didn't so even long. have to pause it. Wow. Because that okay, one was well, long and tedious. And this is this is uh this one paid off a lot better. Okay. Well that means I'll just go ahead and say you gave it a nine and a nine and proceed from there, right? Sure. No, you can't just accept that. <laughs> you you can't tell me what to do. Well, uh, uh, I I just I just did. This is a, it's a crackling act. Um, certainly the endorsement of dictatorships. Yeah. Everyone. Without any consideration of uh, the negatives is very yeah. metal. 
All of your beloved <laughs> Star Trek friends are crypto fascists. And I just, I love how Scott, uh, Spock is so aghast at this. And they're like, ah, completely normal. Sorry. <laughs> Calm down, wuss. <laughs> if you don't like it, you can leave her. <laughs> if you remember, there were no wars. He stopped them. Yeah. What's uh, I'm going to go eight and eight. All right. Eight and eight. And what's your score, Matt? My score is I'm going to give this a. There's lots of metalness. There's lots of karate chops to the neck. Uh, there's nothing as metal as like McCoy, though. Um, so I have to give it a six metal, but I will give it a seven quality. You're right. My cho- my choice of a nine for metal scores does seem high. So I'm going to go down <laughs> to eight and a half. 8.5 and 8.5. No, just right, the metal. Just the metal. The quality. Oh, just the metal. Much. Okay. Sorry. 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 Isn't, sorry. Uh, sorry. Isn't Khan's sort of dysgenic argument fairly metal, like it or not? It is, Isn't but pointing I. Pointing out that people aren't evolving and that you're superior to them. I mean, it is, but I feel like it could be metaler. Yeah. It's kind of condescending. And not in a metal way, but in kind of like a, a weirdly, like, whiny way. Well, he's impressed and uh, kind of fetishized his technical advancement at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But he's also, like, not as... For someone who's supposed to be charming and charismatic, I find him kind of like a dick <laughs> at times. Um, so it's hard to see why everyone's drawn to follow him. Yeah. Maybe the last act will... Tell us. <laughs> oh, wait, are you really giving this a quality of nine? Yeah. All right. Well, so we open the, the Kirk, you're, it's court martial, Matt. You're right. It, uh, yeah. So we open with an uncharacteristic kind of uh, um, captain's log where he's, they're all suffocating. And then Kirk is very eager to dole out, like everyone gets commendations. And he I, takes full responsibility for everything. I do appreciate that rather than trying to get the air back on, he just decides to record a log entry. Uh, yeah. I think that's pretty metal. He's like, well, we're fucked. Um, Must make sure Spinelli gets credit. Yeah. Give Spinelli a 4% raise. And then he passes out. Um, they wake up, though, and they find themselves... In the briefing room, where they have apparently been taken by Khan. They they now control the ship. Um, and uh, they notice, though, all the assembled senior staff notice that someone is missing. Tim, do you know who's missing? It's Kirk. not Spinelli. Kirk, good job. All right. Now, Tim, you have seen up until this point 21 episodes of the yeah, original series. The ding. Yeah. Can you predict where Kirk is? Or at least what general situation he is in? He's tied up and shirtless somewhere. He is tied up really? and in a <laughs> decompression chamber uh, because uh, rather than kill everybody, which seems like what a genetic Superman might think to do, he decides to pedally torture Captain Kirk, a man who, I guess, 
has not done him any immediate harm. There's no sort of animosity between them beyond just he happens to be the captain of the ship he's on. But for whatever reason, Khan wants to uh, have everybody watch him suffocate. Well, and we do miss it. There is a fairly brutal scene right before there where Khan slaps Ahura. Oh, yeah, he does slap Ahura. And uh, fucking Joaquin <laughs> drags her to the table and also hits her. Um, so Marla asked to be dismissed. Yeah, because she doesn't like this violence towards women. Um, apparently, she didn't read that part about 1999. Um, and so... She was too enamored by the fact there was no war. The normal <laughs> objective here is uh, Khan is trying to get Spock to both save the ship and select a colony planet with a population willing to be led yeah. for them to be planted on. Why are they still using inches of mercury in the future? For because that's how, you, that's how you determine pressure. What other unit could you possibly use? Also... You can't hear it, uh, but this is one of the times that DeForest Kelly keeps saying inches of mercury. <laughs> it's, it's kind of fun. That's over four inches of mercury. <laughs> um, so, uh, so um, yeah, so uh, he's being suffocated uh, and he wants, uh, he wants to kill everybody. Again, I don't really understand why. Uh, I guess he just thinks that his supermen uh, are sufficient to run a starship. As we'll later find out, they are. Uh, mm -hmm. But um, I guess he really read those manuals. Uh, but it just seems like weirdly... Still can't think in 3D, though. Oh, yeah, well... <laughs> but but why, why, is, why are they doing this? Uh, I don't know. Um, so, luckily, who comes to save the day? But Marla, who has decided... That after immediately betraying all her friends, it's time to save the day. And uh, she she basically pulls Captain out, Captain Kirk out of the chamber before it's too late. Um, she gets Spock, and they say we have to take control of the ship again. And luckily, they can go to the uh, intruder control circuit. And it's on the bridge, and we can we can get it and gas every deck they're on. There's an uh, immediate plan of action. Yep, they know exactly what to do. Um, I, okay, again, I'm really confused by the name of Khan's men uh, because we learned that he was ruling uh, Asia and uh, the Middle East, but his friends are Rodriguez, Ling, and McPherson. Uh, okay. <laughs> I guess they're like a multicultural gang. Um, but, uh, there we go. Uh, and they, uh, sent, uh, crazy purple knockout gas everywhere. Um, everyone should be knocked out. And Khan knows exactly the score. And as soon yep. as he sees it out of the vent, he just runs. Yep. And so, even though all these other genetic supermen are idiots, Khan is the smartest of the smarties. Uh, so, he uh, then hatches a plan. He's going to figure out where the gas isn't. He's going to attack Captain Kirk. 
and uh, you know do all this stuff again. Um, there's a little bit of a fight and like intercom controls going off. Um, Khan well, is much stronger than Kirk. And the, the generative AI that the surveillance system uses fails during <laughs> yeah. the middle of this fight. It doesn't oh, quite capture either yeah. of them perfectly. That's, that's very true. Uh, yeah, there seems to be some uh, discrepancies. Um, but, you know, we don't know. I'm, you know, Doug, I'm sure the knockout gas is affecting the, the, the circuits a, a, a great deal. Um, yeah. I was hoping I it was like, going to be purple. I, I well, I mean, I told you what it was. It was I mean, wh- oh man, um, maybe that's a film uh, degradation thing. Uh, but, but uh, I also, those bites. Yeah. I also I also like how uh, Kirk's solution to defeat Gun is just club him. Right, he he gets a giant steel bar. That's it. Like you just pull out of the thing, and yeah. Like I, I really wish that he was like genetically Superman your way out of this and just hit him in the face with the bar. Um, but yeah, so apparently uh, that worked, <laughs> and he knocks Khan unconscious, and they stop the overload. Uh, the ship is saved. Really? Everything I- is fixed. What thing? What? what? Dang. Why did why did Khan bend the clay gun instead of phaser instead of just shooting Kirk with it? Well, because that uh, that's clearly Tim, you are not a genetic superman. Oh, yeah. As as we did or will talk about in a related episode of Iron Maiden, sometimes the notion of torture is more torturous than torture itself. <laughs> And Khan was quite confident that he's five times as strong. Yeah. He just didn't count on that bar that you yeah. just pull out. He doesn't know the. It must be a new addition. Yeah, apparently this this uh, tritanium alloy is exactly six Kirk's strong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got a captain's log where the control of the Enterprise has been regained. Kirk is very tormented here after all this because it would be such a waste to put Khan and his people at a reorientation center, yet alone McGivers. Um, so Kirk starts his own tribunal or some kind of after-action thing. They're all in dress uniform. Yep. Uh, and uh, the tapes are being recorded. And then under Kirk's authority, apparently without really consulting anyone, yeah, he... Uh, they're... Go ahead, Matt. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, he never radioed in. This is his unilateral decision um, that literally will come to bite him in the ass. Um, but yeah, like, did he, could he have called somebody? <laughs> did he have to do it right then and there? Uh, it seems a little uh, rash. Like, well, these are prime human specimens. It would be such a waste for them just to end up in a. Orient, reorientation camp. Yeah. And, and then again, he's very obsessed over the ship's name, which seems to be informing his decision path. Uh, so a, a planet is selected uh, by Kirk unilaterally, uh, City Alpha 5. 
Yep. Uh, Spock, who seems to not approve of this and be subtly discouraging, uh, <laughs> describes the conditions. And then Kirk notes it's not much different from Australia's Botany Bay at the beginning. And that those people conquered a continent and uh, challenges Khan to conquer a world or tame which, a world. This is which 20- he already did, for the record. Oh, to yeah. tame a land, do you say? Oh. <laughs> uh, then there's the uh, uncomfortable matter of uh, Marla McGivers, which they just solved by uh, sending her with Khan. Yeah, it's like, uh, so we're going to just send you with these people. Uh, good luck uh, surviving. Don't get any brain worms. <laughs> and, and we learned that uh, Scotty is not well read on Milton. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then the delivery of Spock's comment because if I, the he doesn't approve of this, no, and he's just like it would be interesting to return to that world in a hundred years and learn what the crop sprung from the seed you planted today. And I think he kind of means it in a negative, you know, a, a skeptical way, which is not yeah. Kirk takes it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Kirk is missing the kind of laden judgment that Spock is is giving him. He's like, so to review, you just put 72 super Hitlers on their own world with a lady who you're responsible for and they know we're out there and you basically still give them a spaceship or at least parts of a spaceship? Uh, what the fuck are you doing, Captain? Yeah, how, uh, well, there'll be a Patreon exclusive where we talk yeah. about what the crap is on City Alpha 5. Because yeah. I thought they got rid of the ship. No, they, they have the cargo carriers, which I oh. uh, which I assume were part of the ship. But, you know, maybe they did. Maybe they kept. Maybe they, that's a weird fuck you. They're like, here's some cargo carriers. We're taking your ship away. I hope you got all your stuff. Um, but remember, they have something says Botany Bay. Because Chekhov, who is nowhere around here, by the way, uh, met Khan in a s- off-screen uh, and knows what Botany Bay is, and they recognize each other. Um, I guess they just cut that scene out. Uh, mm-hmm. huh? So, uh, yeah, so that happened, too. Maybe he was one of the people. Maybe he was on the other side of the camera uh, for, for the dinner. <laughs> I don't know. I think, yeah, of course yeah, they must, bring uh, Chekhov. I feel like the Vulcan solution to this whole thing would be like put them down on the planet and then just like send a thousand photon torpedoes and just be like eugenics war is over. But no, no, they don't. Well, and, and Khan does his best, as we will see, to deliver exactly what Kirk requests. Yeah. The challenges. Yeah. He did indeed. All right, hit, hit the chamber. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. The nine and nine last time seemed pretty generous. So I'm going, (laughs) but this was pretty metal and pretty good. So I'm going to temper the previous nine and nine amended to eight and a half and nine to uh, eight and a half and eight. Eight and a half and eight. Uh, I think that's right. I don't right. think any further explanation is needed. It was a good, uh, no. 
It was, it was good, and there was fighting, and uh, they they uh, made a critical error by not killing them all, you know? <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, well, I am... Kirk has created his own... He, he's set into place the death of his son, and not entirely out of nowhere right here. And I don't think he ever has any real awareness of this. At any point, even, even when he's uh, screaming about the Klingon bastards, it's like, you killed your, your son that you never knew you had, Captain Picard. I mean, Captain Kirk. Uh, you killed your son. Um, and I'm not talking about that dude that Damon Buck found, Doug. I'm talking about Jack Crusher. But I'm not talking about that Jack Crusher, who he also killed. But he, anyway, um, uh, so uh, I, Tim is right, but he's also wrong. Um, this is a uh, 8.5 and an 8, but he got it backwards. It is 8.5 quality. This is a very quality, satisfying act. But it's only 8 metal, because... For all the bashing cons facing with a metal bar, which I fully support, um, this weird, um, you know, if Kirk was truly, Khan would never have let Kirk live. And what about setting up your own tribunal and just spitballing it because you like the name of a ship? I mean, I'm sure that Khan would have given a long-winded speech. And I think he was as, uh, as Kirk was suffocating. Um, but Khan was smart enough to know that you cannot let your enemies live. Uh, and ultimately, that weakness uh, led to many downfalls, as we'll see. Um, so I'm sorry when the metal piper came to be paid, uh, Kirk... He's still very um, rattled from the events of court-martial. Couldn't make the metal decision and obliterate the 72 people from orbit like he should have. Um, I'm going to go 9 and 9. All right. Okay, well, we are now at the point where we compare it with everybody else. This is... Uh, okay. Uh, weird statement. Space Seed, Doug, pretty good episode of Star Trek. Can't believe it. Uh, we gave it a, a 78.2. Uh, it is not the best episode, um, but it is pretty high up there. Um, so far, our medalist episode ever watched is the aforementioned Court Martial. <laughs> uh, other episodes that are more metal than Space Seed include Arena, uh, the Galileo 7, uh, very close to it are things like the Corbomite Maneuver, Dagger of the Mind. Um, but all in all, great episode, very high ranking, top four or five of what we've seen so far. Um, I, I think uh, there's a bit of genetic perfection in there. <laughs> I see what you did I there. I concur. <laughs> all right. All right, well, until next time, Metal Nation, get your fucking second act together. God damn, fuck. <laughs> albums and five acts yeah actually can you save that second act thing for every iron maiden review we ever do <laughs> <laughs>